podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David! Gagan! How are you doing, my friend? It's been a long, long time since we did Old School. I don't even remember when the last one was. Yeah, it's, it's weeks now. We were planning to do them season. every week, but then I got COVID. Yeah, that was bad. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's still kicking my ass a bit. This post-COVID thing is horrible. I'm getting headaches all the time. I'm, I'm tired all the time. It's just yeah, yeah. rotten. It's COVID. It's COVID. You have to shake it. It's going it's gonna to mm. need some change. I don't know, some exercise or something just to rejig your... The hormones, everything, it just, I don't know, you have to fight it. It's a right bitch, man. I've had it twice, and you know what? You're not yourself for a, for a couple of months, I think. Especially if it hits you hard. Some people aren't hit as hard. Some people get a mild one. I think you got the rough one. Like, you got a proper hit nailed. Because mm. you, were, you were knocked out for a few days, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it. that's the hard one. So, mine was two days, just complete temperature. And then it just took a while to get back to normal after that for the week. Then I also lost taste buds. But anyway... I hope you're feeling at least, you know, better than it was. Well, you cheered me up. <laughs> well, well, for the first what? time in a long time. <laughs> yeah. So we, we you, you know, yeah. Okay. So what we we're not going to go into that exactly that, but we're going to do something. So this 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 um, old school is going to be again you talking a lot as usual, but um, we want to kind of let's set the scene, shall we? Because Barcelona at the moment. And a bit of a shit show, Dave. I think that's the, that's the best word for it, right? Mm. A bit of a shit show. Nobody wants to be Barcelona right now. Um, I think there's rumours at the moment out there or reports out there. I don't know what's true or what not actually at the end of the day. But there's a report out there. They can't even register um, the new players. Even Dembele, who's basically expired contract and it's a brand new contract. Yeah. Therefore, he's treated as a new player. They can't, they can't even register him. Until they do something. So De Jong's apparently off to Chelsea very soon. There's reports just now breaking now that there's close to a fee. But, you know, I don't even think that's going to be enough because they want Bernardo as well, apparently. So they're going to, they're, they're trying to offload and do deals for players so that they can get these five in. And, you know, that means if they're bringing someone like Bernardo in, they're going to bring, they want to offload, you know, maybe some more midfielders. Who knows? So. On the off chance that Mr. Ward goes shopping in Spain, on the off chance, you never know. You never know. He's a, he's a smart man. He might want to take an opportunity somewhere. Let's look at what they have in midfield and what would suit us. Even We can discuss Frankie as well, just in case. Yeah, I mean, we can go through like what they have in midfield. I mean, their, their situation is obviously quite 
bizarre at the minute that the Dembele thing is exactly the same as the Messi thing last year, where rather than just extend him, his contract expired and he became a free agent and then they re-signed him. And if they just, you know, extended Messi last year, they'd still have him. If they'd been able to reach agreement with Dembele a couple of months back, they'd be able to just play him as is. But unfortunately for them, Dembele thought there was going to be a market out there for him. And as it turned out, there wasn't. The only club that made a serious offer was Chelsea. He didn't want to go there. And uh, which, you know, might might hint that he's maybe not the biggest Thomas Tuchel fan, even though the two of them work very well together at Dortmund. So they've got nine midfielders at the moment. In their squad, there are nine midfielders. Wow. We can rule out a couple it's of them. It's not just us that has a load of midfielders in the books. <laughs> yeah, the, the, but the idea that because we have eight midfielders, we don't need another one is just nonsense that somebody made up Others repeated, and and Klopp heard and said, that'll do, I'll just tell the media that. Oh, no, no, we've got eight midfielders. No, no, we're fine. We've got loads of them. Um, It's about quality. It is. It's about quality. It's not about quantity. You can have 50 midfielders. If they're all Lee Cattermold, you're not going to win anything. So um, we can rule out a couple straight away. So Sergio Busquets, we can rule out, was a great player, still a very good player, but he's 34, he's a Barca lifer. He will be there probably till he retires. We don't have any need or want for him. And and again, he's 34. Um, You can probably rule out Pedri. Now, he is the the real star of that midfield. That kid is incredibly special. 19 years of age, elite-level dribbler, elite-level passer, just a a genius. New new contract as well, right? Signed a new contract. Uh, until 2026, mm-hmm. and he has a 1 billion euro buyout clause. Then there's Frank Kessie, who they've just signed from um, AC Milan. Now, he's one of those that's in that weird situation where he's signed, but they can't register him. So it could be a situation where they might have to loan him out for a year if they can't register him. But very unlikely that we'd be interested in him. Would you take him on loan? I would take Frank Kessie at Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. He would add a level of physicality that we lack at the minute. Um, he's the type of player who can just impose himself on a game. He does have limitations, but he's strong defensively. He uses the ball well. And like I say, he has that physicality that we just don't have at the moment. So... I would take Frank Kessie on loan, 25, he'll be 26 in December. It certainly wouldn't be a bad signing. The only issue with that is he left AC Milan and picked Barcelona from a list of clubs that were interested in him. Mm. That was his choice. If he's forced to go play somewhere else, you can't really be certain that he'll be 100% committed because he won't want to risk injury. Like He won't want to risk go back, going back to Barca next summer no, but if with an injury. Ball. That's probably higher than Barca in the pecking order in terms yeah, of. But if, if that's if that's where he wants to be, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Forget about who's a better team. Chelsea are a better team than Barcelona, but Jules Kunde and Rafinha told Chelsea to go for a very long walk off a very mm-hmm. short pier and ran the asses to Barcelona. I get so it. you know, um, 
There's Miralam Pjanic, who we should have signed 11 years ago. <laughs> we had an opportunity to sign him. Uh, we didn't. We had another opportunity to sign him from Leon. We didn't. And now he's not worth signing at all because he's declined drastically over the last few years. So the next one will be Sergi Roberto, who has primarily played as a right back for them for the last few years. He's the type of player who's only really still at Barca and earning big money because he came through the academy and he's one of the leadership council. He's never been a particularly good player, but he's one of those who'll do exactly as he's asked. So that keeps him there. He's not good enough to play for us. And then Alex Caledo, who, again, simply just not good enough for us. The three that would be interesting, one of them is about to go off the market, and that's Nico Gonzalez, who is a 20-year-old box-to-box midfielder, very energetic, good off the ball, works hard, presses well. You could see him as the type of player Klopp would like to get, mould and develop. He could be developed into a Ginny-style left-sided eight or a more aggressive right-sided eight who goes box to box. But he's about to go on loan to Valencia, so unlikely that we would pursue him. Uh, Which leaves two. It leaves Frankie de Jong and it leaves Gavi. Now, reports in the Times today that Chelsea are close to reaching an agreement. Frankie has obviously turned down Manchester United about 63 times this season. But, you know, like a prepubescent boy who's discovered girls for the first time, United just won't leave him alone. Frankie's an outstanding player, an absolutely outstanding player, but he has not developed at Barcelona the way it was expected. He's there three years now, and he is not a better player than he was when he joined at 22. He has stagnated. That's in part because Barcelona have been a complete mess. Up until Xavi arrived as coach, There was just no real plan. Barca were switching shape here, there and everywhere. He wasn't enjoying his football. And the other part of it is trying to shoehorn him and Busquets into the same team when both of them are ball-dominant players in the deeper positions just doesn't work. You've got one of them standing around with nothing to do, all the while the other one is getting all of the ball. So Busquets is Busquets. So when Barca centre-backs look up for their out-ball, they look for Sergio Busquets because for a decade, he's been the out-ball. So they find him, he turns, and he gets the play going, and Frankie is stood to the other side, twiddling his thumbs. We saw a similar but obviously less talented version of this last season at Spurs when Winks played with Heusberg, and they were just far too similar and had similar demands of where they wanted the ball. Heusberg was getting the ball, Winks was not, and Winks was just a waste of a shirt. So that's when Conte started to change up the midfield. Anyway, with Frankie, him and Thiago's is two ball-dominant midfielders. Hmm. But I do think it could work because you can split them and play Fab in the middle. So you can play Fabinho as your six, 
have him less involved in the build-up play than he currently is. Play Frankie on the left of the midfield as the one that sits in next to Fab and move Thiago to the right-hand side. And if you think back to the end of the 2021 season, when Thiago played on the right-hand side with Fab and Ginny, that midfield was brilliant. Those three were excellent together. And the balance was really good. Fab was the ball-dominant one of the deeper two. Ginny had less of an on-ball role. And Thiago joined the attack and was able to manipulate things from a more advanced position. So you could do something similar. Have Fab as the off-ball one, who's there as a, you know, a desperation out ball or a recycler or, you know, that release valve type player. And Frankie is the more dominant of the deeper two and free Thiago to play closer to Mo, link with Trent, things like that. Is it perfect? No. No, it's not perfect. It's not as good defensively as that Thiago Fab Ginny midfield was. It is better defensively than the current midfield three, but it's a little bit less dynamic as well. Now, Frankie can be a dynamic player, and he can play box-to-box, but he likes to play box-to-box with the ball at his feet. Frankie likes to pick the ball up and go and carry it and make things happen. And one of the issues we would have with that is it reduces the role of Luis Diaz on the left wing because Diaz is a big ball carrier for us. So the fit is a bit weird. Now, in time, I do think it could work. I do think it would work better if you had, say, a Wilf Ndidi as the six rather than a Fabinho, someone who's more dynamic, more mobile, and kind of more used to playing off the ball. Not giving the ball to Wilf Ndidi you're not missing anything. Fab is really good on the ball. So you're you're not getting the full Fabinho experience when you ignore him in possession, which is what would probably happen in a lot of instances. So Frankie'd be a good signing. He'd be one that we'd have to adjust the shape and adjust the, the system to fit. But he gives you... An immediate upgrade in the midfield from Henderson. He gives you the potential for him to get even better. And he gives you your long-term Iago replacement as the sort of orchestrator of your midfield. He's close with, with, with Virgil. The two of them were at Willem Tway together years ago. Now they were in different age groups because Virgil is, I think, five or six years older. But they were there at the same time. They've developed a bond in the national team and they're two of the key players, obviously, in that Dutch national team. Uh, Frankie, by all accounts, outstanding individual, great character, team-orientated, quiet but well-spoken. When he speaks, the dressing room will listen because he doesn't just speak for the sake of doing it. When he speaks, it's quite thoughtful. It's quite intelligent. He's able to understand tactical instruction very well. He's able to relay tactical instruction very well. And he's a very hard worker on and off the field. So you're getting a really high-end human 
which means he would pass the dickhead test, which is always important. The the other issue with him, obviously, is the, the financial cost of it is going to be a little bit prohibitive. Barca will want probably in the region of 55 to 60 million. And then his, his current wages are about 400 grand a week, which is obviously ridiculous. Now, when he went to Barca, he went on about 200 grand a week or maybe a little bit more, 220, 240. He didn't perform all that well. Him and, him and Matthias de Ligt moved from Ajax the same summer. He went to Barca, de Ligt went to Juve. And neither of them really took that next step forward that was expected of them. They were the two sort of big ticket items that summer. They were the two that kind of a lot of clubs who throw money around were looking at and thinking, oh, we'd like to get involved there. But neither of them have, re- have really worked out. And Delict has moved on to, uh, to Bayern Munich this summer. And Frankie may m- move on this summer as well. But Barca gave him a big contract extension after, I think, about 18 months which wasn't warranted and near doubled his wages. And there's obviously a lot of talk going on now about Barca saying they have evidence of criminality and all sorts of other nonsense. But what we do know is he deferred quite a lot of money, about 17 million, to help Barca during the pandemic. He was willing to take a very substantial pay cut during the pandemic to help them with their finances. The agreement by all accounts was that he would get that money back at some point down the road. Now, I obviously don't have access to that contract, so I don't know where that agreement says he will get that money. Does he get it next year? Does he get it in 10 years? Is it one of these things where it's just kicked well down the road? If they annul it, he never gets it, right? If If they annul it. Yeah, if. Yeah. If they annul it. Now, it's if they annul it... A massive if, but then he's free. Then he's free to go. Well, that's the thing, because they can't annul his contract and put him back on his old contract. Nope. They can annul his contract and make him a free agent. And if they do that, then they lose everything. Um. So, there's, yeah, there's a lot of complexity with this one. The fee, he will want sizable wages. He probably will accept... 250, 300, somewhere like that, but we're unlikely to pay that to a new signing. Chelsea will probably pay it to make a splash because that's what their summer transfer window has been about. Sterling, splashy. Koulibaly, splashy. Cucurella, well, City wanted him, so he must be great. Splash. Frankie would be a splashy signing because he's got a big reputation. And obviously then there's this thing of, well, Barca don't want to repay him his 17 million if he leaves. So they want to sell him. They publicly say they don't want to sell him, but privately they're trying to sell him. And then they tell him, we're not going to give you your money back if you leave. Leave, but we're not giving you your money. So there's a lot of mess that goes on there. I wouldn't like to be trying to do that deal personally. The other option then is Gavi. Yeah, who I've is? I've put a few images in the, in the chat as well, comparing him from under stat with some of our midfielders. Gavi is. Gavi is outrageously talented. Like, outrageously talented. There are yeah, very few times... Yeah, a lot of us don't watch or haven't seen Gavi play because Barca is shit or we don't watch La Liga because it's not on Sky Sports anymore. So, mm. explain a little bit about his style. Uh, somebody that would... Uh, who does he remind you of in a Liverpool sense that we could easily kind of, you know, see? You know, or, There's a little bit of Thiago in him. Oh, 
in yeah. terms of how he receives the ball, his awareness, his ability to break the lines with a pass. He doesn't have Thiago's range of passing yet, but I mean, the kid just turned 18 five days ago. So you're not expecting him to have Thiago's full box of tricks. Um, the other player he reminds me of isn't a Liverpool player. It's Nicolo Barella of Inter Milan, who's obviously been someone that people have mentioned for us as well. Just in terms of that high energy, intense, bustly style where he's a small guy, he's 5'8", he doesn't look like he should be strong, and then players bounce off him, and he manages to retain control of the ball. Incredible engine. He he just goes all game long. Like last season as a 17-year-old, who had literally just turned 17 before the season starts, he plays 47 games for Barcelona's first team. Now, I would be of the opinion that's too many games for a 17-year-old to be playing for that club under that type of pressure. But he is outrageous. He already has 10 caps for Spain. Mm, And he's just turned 18. Um, He and Pedri are the two best young midfield players in the world of their profile, those kind of ball-dominant dictators. In a in a different team, I don't think Barcelona were exactly the best. You know, oh, his numbers know. would absolutely be better because yeah, yeah. the thing to consider here is that when Barcelona have the ball, and let's just say it's a midfield three of Gavi, Busquets, and Frankie, well, the other two are going to get more of the ball than he is. The same when it's Gavi, Busquets, or Frankie and Pedri, he will be the third option in that midfield. So. He's getting less opportunities to make things happen, and yet he is still making things happen at a very high level. I mean, if you look at his FB ref numbers, his non-penalty XG is in the 88th percentile. As a 17-year-old, his assists are in the 84th percentile, his expected assists in the 70th percentile, his non-penalty XG and XA in the 84th percentile, He completes about 88% of his passes. He's in the 92nd percentile for progressive carries, 94th for dribbles completed, 97th for touches in the attacking penalty area at 3.58. Simon Brundish will be dribbling out of his mouth at these numbers. Simon Brundish loves touches in the opposition box. He will love this kid because all Gavi wants to do when he gets the ball is get it, give it, get it again, and drive into the heart of the penalty area to make something happen. Every action with him is progressive. He's in the 95th percentile for progressive passes received. He's always on the move. He's always aware. The kid was born on the half turn, never receives the ball standing flat, always looking to move, always aware. He is sensational. And then the other thing to factor in here which will get all of you under pressure, lads, uh, foaming at the mouth. He's in the 90th percentile in Europe for pressures already at 17. He's averaging 24 pressures. Yeah. It's outrageous. Darwin, baby. Darwin, baby. It is outrageous. He 
would unlock a very interesting aspect of Darwin that we don't currently have anyone that does it frequently enough. Because Thiago plays too deep to do it frequently enough, and Henderson's passing is too inconsistent in attacking areas. We've seen Henderson, as the six, be able to clip those through balls. The one to Salah at Old Trafford last year is obviously the, the most notable example. But then you see him like again, against City and against Fulham as an eight, where he has less think, time on the ball, less fair. pressure. He, he, if he has time on the ball, he's he's good on the ball. It's okay. That's like, yeah, it's not a, hard, a professional it's not a, footballer. What I'm saying is, it's not a bad thing to admit. But yeah. he's not going to get time on the ball against the best teams. He's, he's not, not going to get time on the ball as an eight against the best teams. The best no. teams will let him have the ball as a six, though. Yeah, yeah. because they'll just cover everybody else and go. Yeah, well, exactly. right, you beat us. Now, the bad teams will let him have time on the ball and not cover everybody else. So, you know, United, they gave him time and they allowed Mo Salah to just run riot. They let Naby Keita run riot. They didn't bother marking Diogo Jota. They just let the lads do whatever they want because, you know, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer at the wheel or or whoever, Ralph Ranić at the wheel. Um, The other thing, which has got to be a, a, a Barcelona little man thing. Like, we've seen how good Thiago is in the air, which is yeah. amazing considering his height. And Gavi's pretty good in the air for his height and for his build. And, like, again, all of these numbers, they're him as a 17-year-old. Like, this is ludicrous that he's this good already. And the situation with him is, he wasn't able to sign a long-term professional contract until he turned 18. He's had a buyout in the... There's like an interim contract they do sort of between, you know, schoolboy and pro. Mm. And there's a buyout in that of, I think, about £45 million. Now, he agreed to a new contract with Barca about a month ago. And it was to be signed when he turned 18. But he turned 18 five days ago, and it's radio silence with regards to him signing that contract. So I don't know what the situation is. He is still out of contract in 2023. He has that buyout clause. And if Barcelona need to sell to A, register the players coming in, B, build up their finances and afford Bernardo Silva, then it is a possibility that they could sell Gavi and Frankie and use a mid th- midfield three of Cassie, Pedri and Busquets and just sort of patchwork the depth well, together. They might get Bernardo as well. And Ber- Oh, and Bernardo, of course, yeah. So then they've got some depth as well, right? So they do. Then they have four high-end starters and they'll still have... You know, there's still a couple of a good academy prospects there that they'll be able to call upon uh, as and when they need them. There's a, a young kid called Mark Casado who's meant to be very, very good, another kind of 17, 18-year-old that they're meant to be very high on. They could just pull the plug on the Nico Gonzalez loan and keep him around. Um, they could use Sergio Roberto in midfield, you know, so they, they can make it work. If we were going to sign one of the two of them, Gavi makes more sense in terms of the fit is more naturally, just slides in as the right side at eight and absolutely 
annihilates the league because teams won't be used. Like last year, we saw Conor Gallagher, who's a, a good player, but a very limited player, but a player whose profile is that of a bargain bin Gavi. And he ran roughshod over the league mm. with his high intensity pressing from an advanced eight position with his off-ball runs into the box. And the thing is, the Premier League is about it's about trends. So managers don't tend to react to things until it happens over and over again. Or teams don't react to them until they happen over and over again. There aren't many goal-scoring central midfielders in the Premier League. There aren't many Frank Lampard-type late-breaking runners. Now, you think back, Gags, 15 years... And most clubs had somebody yeah. who would make those runs into the box and get there late. Lot, man. It's a exactly. That's why Conor Gallagher had so much success last year. That's why Mason Mount, even though he sometimes well, he often plays in the front three, you'll see him drop deep into midfield in a build up, and then he'll follow the attack rather than be involved in it. He follows it as that last as that the trailing runner, and he'll find space on the edge of the box. Gavi would have a field day with the space he'll find on the edge of Premier League boxes. He'll have a field day running at big lumbering centre-backs who won't know what to do with him. Now, he didn't score a ton of goals last season. He only got two. But I do think there's absolutely scope for that to grow. He got six assists. So, you know, two goals and six assists in just over 3,000 minutes. Not bad. It's not bad at all. Considering what we've been getting from our midfield, you would certainly take that from a 17, 18-year-old with the understanding that he's going to play, A, in a system that will suit him more, and our system will suit him more than Barca's system. Barca's system is is still Barcelona. It is possession-based, slow build-up, patient football. Whereas we play possession-based, aggressive, front-footed, purposeful football. We transition the ball a lot quicker than Barcelona do. And Gavi is dynamite in attacking transitions. Absolutely dynamite. Defensively, I don't have any doubts over me there. He'd the one you got. So he would be out of contract then because he's not signed his contract. No, his his contract runs to 2023 as stands. So he has that buyout clause. What's how much was that? Did you say? I think it's about forty-five million pounds. <clears throat> Let me that's, have a quick. That's not bad at all. That's not Google. bad at all. Can't be buy a clause. So, um, yeah, to, to go into the new contract, if if it gets signed, the one that's agreed, it's a one billion buy a clause, which is yeah, utterly stupid. No one's getting utterly that. ridiculous. So has he signed it yet? Or what, what's no, no, it, it's agreed in principle. It, it, yeah, sorry, it was fifty million euro, which is about forty-five million pounds. Um, he hasn't signed it. It's agreed in principle, but he wasn't legally allowed to sign it until he turned eighteen. Because there's a weird loophole in Spanish law. It's the same reason United stole PK years ago, and so Arsenal stole stole I Sesc. I don't know what the it was City Transfer Room website. Gavi will not renew Barca contract if Bernardo Silva is mm. if Bernardo Silva is signed. 
So he's he's literally not signed it yet. He's waiting. And that might be why they're waiting as well, because they might be looking at it and saying, well, we'll just get um, Bernardo in, and he's, to be fair, a better player now. Now, Bernardo and Gavi have a lot in common in terms of highly skilled players, short, really good um, manipulation of the ball, versatility, work incredibly hard on and off the ball, that low centre gravity that allows them to dribble in very tight spaces. Gavi might actually be the best comp. Or sorry, Bernardo might actually be the best comp for Gavi. Now, he's a right-footed player, Bernardo's left-footed, but in terms of build, off-ball work, and ability, I think Gavi's a better passer than Bernardo. He's not quite as good a dribbler yet, but the similarities are there. Um, You have to say, if City let Bernardo go, that is absolutely ridiculous because he is sensationally good. And I don't think he's in the last year of his contract. I think he's still got like two or three years left. Apparently they're going to go for, they want to go for uh, Jude. They'll go for Jude. They'll throw in an enormous offer for Jude is what will happen. Um, yeah, Bernardo has three years left in his deal. Now, he is 28, so maybe 28 today. So maybe they're just looking at that and thinking, well, we might as well get the money while we can. But still, I, I wouldn't be selling a player of that quality. But again, so, he, he just wants to go to Barcelona. We've got, a, we've got a question in here. Is it too obvious to suggest from NFI? Um, I think his name's Steven, actually. Is it too obvious to suggest City will get Gabby to replace Bernardo? I mean... The logical thing for City would be to ask for Gavi as part of the deal. I know you'd, you'd do them separately, obviously, for accounting purposes. But that would be the, the logical thing to do. Um, James asks why Thiago left Barca when they were the best team in the world. Well, because they were the best team in the world and they had Xavi in his prime and Iniesta in his prime and Busquets coming into his prime. So, I mean, what are you going to do? They play three midfielders and you're the fourth one. And you're far too good to sit on the bench. And Bayern Munich are one of the biggest clubs in the world. So you go there and you make them the best team in the world, which is what you did. Um, it is it is more logical for City to bring in Gavi than Jude, stylistically. But Pep does seem to want to become a bit more physical, which is an interesting sort of... Uh, adjustment that he's making you know he brings in Calvin Phillips who's a very physical player obviously brings in Haaland who brings a physicality that not many can match um it's it, Rodri when he arrived you know a big physical player R- Ruben Diaz biz, big physical player now Bellingham's a weird fit at City because Jude isn't really coming into play in the midfield too not right now it's that that's awkward, but you could bring him in and kind of slowly bring him along while playing Rodri and Calvin Phillips or Rodri and Gundigan. City are at that place where they've got, you know, even with Bernardo going, they've still got Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Calvin Phillips, and Ilkay Gundigan. So they've still got four very, very good midfielders or great midfielders in certain cases. Um, Gavi would be, Gavi would be sensational. He really would be sensational. So, if Wardy did 
you know, going for. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that Gavi hasn't. Because um, remember, Gavi's been linked to Liverpool since the start of the the summer, mm. or at least way before that as well. There was there was links to him all 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 of twenty twenty two I think since he's been trying to sign since, that contract since January or so. There's been links to Gavi. So there's so, been an, sometimes you know sometimes these links that just linger and don't go away. There's something going on, or at least some interest there, or you know some of it isn't bullshit. Like like there's someone that are rubbish, but with this contract situation going on, it does make it very interesting to see, you know, or, or at least with the news that. Some people are saying, or some city insiders are saying, that if Bernardo does go there, he's definitely not signing that contract. Yeah. So you know that that is that is really that's really interesting to me. So just say there's a couple of plans here because I can't see. Okay, a lot of people can see Liverpool not buying a midfielder because you know negativity and uh, and history and no 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 no. No, no, The reason they no no gag it's because they talk to Jurgen every day and Jurgen doesn't want a midfielder and he's told these people that he doesn't want a midfielder. He's rang them up and he said no I, I no I don't want one no no I don't want one. James Milner has six more years left. I don't yeah. want a midfielder. That's what's happened here. They speak to him every day, so they know what he's thinking. Yeah, exactly. But I, from what Jurgen said on the weekend and after the match, especially if you try and dissect that, I don't think, and the way that he spoke about it in the past, about learning from mistakes of you know twenty twenty one, especially it was a hard year for him, like personally. But I think the whole squad was just under so much pressure by losing. All that, def- all of those defenders, and not having backups, and then the amount of shit the whole squad went through. And I think Patrick has put something really good in the the Palace um, chat on Discord, guys. Where you know you lose a couple of people, like you lose a Canate, and you start losing these midfielders, and all of a sudden, you know, people are saying, "But we got Milner." But actually, now because Gomez is not going to be a right back anymore because of Canate, mm. um, now we don't have a right back cover, so it will be Milner. So Milner cannot play two positions. He's literally not got the legs to play. To, he can't play twice a week. He'll play literally 60 minutes and then get subbed or something like that. He's not going to... He's been he's yeah, looked okay for 30 minutes because he can give everything for 30 minutes. That's all he's got. He yeah. can't do more than that. So, so all of a sudden, it's another option gone from your midfield. So where you had nine, eight, nine midfielders, you lost three to injury. One's going to be gone due to cover, right? Then you got others left, and also Fab, Hendo, Naby can all pick up injuries. We know that. Then what you've got left, you've literally got Elliot and Carvalho with 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 Badge, one of whom is not a midfielder. Yeah, and it, it, the point Fabio is, Carvalho is not a midfielder. Can people stop lying to themselves and saying that he's a midfielder? He's not. You can't play with those players in no in Premier League and Champions League. So the point is, you can't have. You can't you can't say that there's all these players and say that there's enough. Co- there isn't. There isn't when it comes to it. It actually isn't. If the reality is that people are going to have to start covering other places, and who says that's the end of the injury crisis? Who said, yeah, we'll get some players back, thanks, hopefully. But who says in this yeah, such a? Like, could, do such people a, think could, players only yeah. get one injury a year? Like Thiago got three different injuries last year, and you'll get three this year. Yes, you know, this is not. This is not injury one of one. This is injury one of two or three. Naby will get hurt at some point this season. COVID in the winter is going to happen. 
it's going to yeah. happen again. So, and, and, like, let's be fair. Is anyone willing to bet their life savings on Jordan Henderson managing a second season with an injury, given what we saw for the previous five years? Where he yeah. had four season-ending end- injuries. No, it's a, it's an outlier. The last year is an outlier. It's and a like, fluke. It's so a fluke. At the, at the end of the day, Fab, Fab has never played more than thirty league games in a season. He yeah. misses ten to twelve games every single year. Thiago what averages, I think, twenty-seven league, twenty-seven games a season. Naby, I mean, I I know what Brundish was saying on Twitter yesterday. Getting him back to his. Uh, Leipzig availability is important and he didn't get hurt last year as often but why didn't he get hurt last year? Because they were rotating him and Thiago and this goes back to Patrick's point we don't have eight midfielders because um, Thiago and Naby is basically one midfielder one midfielder and they fill one role Fabinho and Henderson as the backup six, that's one midfielder Harvey Elliott has less than 10 senior starts under his belt at the Premier League level. Like, are we really pinning our hopes and dreams on Harvey Elliott? And he's off the back of a horrendous injury. But you can't, you can't, you can't depend on the kid. No. I I keep saying in the chat, I keep saying in the chat, this is a time where Carvalho and Elliott are supposed to get minutes from rotation and from subs and and, and build their confidence in the team so that they can make a difference. And then, because they've built that confidence, their confidence with all the players around them, they've learned how they play, they've understood the team. Then when they get those starts, they're ready to go. But that's not remember, straight away. Do you remember Inter Milan away last year? Yeah, he didn't play well at all. He, he, didn't. He, he was started, the pressure was on, and he was awful. And it knocked his confidence, and we barely saw him the rest of the season. He was sat in the stands a lot of weeks, fully fit, sat in the stands, him and Curtis taking turns sitting in the stands. Like, we, we can't rely... Harvey's not... Harvey lost a season last year. Everyone wants to cling to those first three or four games. But Harvey lost last season with the injury, with the pressure, with the psychological horror of, you know, looking down at your ankle and seeing it all floppy in one direction that shouldn't be looking. That's tough to overcome. You need to erase last year from your mind and just consider Harvey now the way you did a year ago. Uh, Curtis, I mean, I'm sick saying it. The, the kid needs to develop. He won't develop with the way we're using him. He needs to go on loan. Uh, Milner, like you said, he's going to be needed as right-back cover because Gomez is needed as centre-back cover. And even if it's a thing where... Joe starts a game at right back because Joe is still the second best right back at the club. Like, let's not pretend James Milner is a better right back than Joe Gomez. He just simply isn't. But if Joe is starting at right back, Milner can't start in midfield because Joe might have to go into central defense at some point and Milner will have to go to right back. And you don't want him going to right back having had to run around in midfield for 60 or 70 minutes. You want him going on fresh that 20 or 30 minute spell at right back. And let's be fair. James Miller's had one or two good starts in the last four or five years in central midfield. He's much more effective off the bench, much more effective because he can come on. He adapts to the pace of the game really quickly and maintains his level as everyone else starts to sink. He's 
much better in that role. Dave. We need a midfielder. And the other thing is, before we yeah. go, guys, before just just for the benefit of the people that speak to Jurgen every day. Now, obviously, they know better than any everybody because they they tell us they know it better than everybody, and they're better fans than the rest of us as well. But anyway. When Jürgen was asked about the midfield thing for the first time, who was sitting either side of him? Jordan Henderson and James Milner. <laughs> he was asked in a press conference with his captain and vice-captain sat next to him about signing a midfielder. What's he going to say? He's not going to go, yeah, no, we definitely need a midfielder. Like, these two are shit. We definitely need a midfielder. Of course he's going to say no. And of course he's going to follow that same line. He's never going to come out and say, we need this or we need that. While the season is ongoing, lads asking him in the run-up to the opening day and after the opening day about signing a midfield, he's not going to turn around and go, yeah, no, the midfield's not good enough. Because what's that going to do? That's going to put everybody on edge and everybody's going to get nervous. And it was bad enough at the weekend without them being nervous going into the next game. So, of course, he's going to say no. Like, have a, a modicum of cop on when he speaks about these things. Yeah. Think so, about the entire situation. So my whole point, and we've kind of had a big middle segue, which is fine, but my point is he's not going to make the same mistake. He doesn't want to no. make the same mistake. And I, I feel that between now and September 1st, we will see a midfielder join. Yes. And I think if we're lucky... We might even get an announcement for a midfielder for 2023, if we're lucky, if the lucky stars are, are dangling our way. So at the end of the day, I think they realize that there's a lack of dynamism you know, in this midfield, like Patrick has said as well to me, like straight away after the Champions League final, the first thing he said was that's what we lacked in that midfield today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's getting No old. physicality, and, you know, no dynamism, you know, Thiago, no Naby, Fab, they're all good players, but they, they're all getting on. You know, and they're all they're all getting on, and maybe they like, take a toll. You know? The thing maybe. is, right, and I said this the other day on on the Daily Red. Like uh, again, people bleating on about eight midfielders, eight midfielders. Look at each and every one of those midfielders. There is a flaw with all of them. All of them have a flaw. Hmm. Fabinho, he's not the most mobile. He does get injured, and he's twenty nine soon, so yeah. he is reaching the tail end of his prime years. The injuries are a concern because every year it's something. And it's largely because he gets worn down having to do someone else's job for them. So yeah. that's the issue with him. Thiago's incredible, but he's always injured. And he's 31. Naby's a very good player, but he gets injured all the time. Whenever he plays too often, he gets injured. Henderson... Simply isn't good enough as an eight. He's fine as a six against certain teams, but he can't play as an eight. And he gets injured, and he's 32. James Milner's 36. He'll be 37 soon. Yeah, let's not even, let's not even call not, that an option. Let's guy's not, not good enough to play. He's not good enough to start in the Premier League anymore. Not, he's not just not. It's just, uh, he's there doing a dog's body's job at the moment. He is. You look at Ox. He, he hasn't, like, let's be fair. Ox is, I love Ox. Everyone wants Ox to do well. Of course we do. But good Ox time. hasn't been good enough as a midfielder. Since his injury, no. Nope. Since his knee injury. Nope. And that's four years ago. Like, you'd have to question why the lad is still at the club. 
Curtis Jones might be good enough, but he hasn't shown us he's good enough. And we can't afford to have him proving he's good enough in our first team at the minute. We just can't. And he picks up injuries. Like each year, Curtis has something that goes wrong. Now it's a stress fraction of his foot. Last year, it was an eye and an ankle. The year before, it was something else. And then there's Harvey. Now, you're not going to hit him for last year's injury because it's an impact injury. But he's 19. And he's not really a midfield player either. He's played five Bobby, games in midfield. Comment on Bobby moving to the eight row. Bobby is washed. He's washed. Bobby is washed. Bobby's been washed since the year we won the Champions League. If you, if people want to be really honest about Bobby, do you remember the hamstring injury he got before the Champions League final? He was playing really well. He got injured. He came back for the final. He wasn't fit at all, and he had a stinker. Yeah. Then he stank the entire way through the title-winning season. Yeah. He stank the entire way through 2021. And last season, he had one burst of form where he was in and out of the team and he was having an impact as a sub. Then he'd start. His impact would be questionable. Then he'd have a good game. Then he'd be a sub again. And then it, it went away again. And he got hurt over and over and over again. At most, Bobby should get a one-year extension, and it's only because of who he is. It's only because they want to sell him because they know that he, he's got value. He doesn't. He him. doesn't warrant an extension. No, he just doesn't. And that's, somebody's that's the- going to buy him and have buyer's remorse within. Now, in fairness, if he Maybe, goes to Italy, fine. Yeah, if he goes to Italy, he might be all right. But if he goes to Spain, he'll struggle. Honestly, he would struggle in Spain. Yeah. The, the the pace in Spain would hurt him. Yeah, Italy would be fine, mate. Honestly, the Juve Italy would be fine. Link. So if they if they get that one, although if he goes to Juve, he's not playing as a nine. So is he playing as a ten? Bobby oh, really? hasn't played as a ten in eight years, seven years. I see him more though, dude. Not but he's that, played as a ten for us and been shit. Yeah, not have that responsibility. Yeah, but Italy, right? Not have that responsibility as a nine in Italy. You know, as in a team is probably better for him now. I think he doesn't yeah, I mean, look in the positions, dude. Like, look at, as I said to you, I, I'd happily give him it. an extension. I'd happily give him an extension for a year. Yeah, just a to get year, money. one year. No, 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 not even to get money. I give him an extension and just run him into the ground. Have him coming on with twenty minutes left in games and we're three nil up to just chase the ball. Bobby was absolutely awful at the weekend. Yeah. Awful. And I saw some people in our own Discord try and claim he was all right. He wasn't. He wasn't. No. You're, you've got your head in the sand the way you had your head in the sand over Mane for 18 months. He just wasn't good enough. Now, the biggest problem he had is that the role that Bobby left behind, that false nine, drop into midfield, do a bit of everything type role, that doesn't exist in our system anymore. Mm. In part because the team has um, has evolved with the, the number eight taking up more central positions. Like Henderson and Bobby were in the same position on Saturday, getting in each other's way. Over and over and over again, they were five yards apart. And no, and that just brought a cluster of defenders into that area. And now the two of them are worthless to any build-up. So the way we play at the minute doesn't really suit Bobby if that number eight is going to do that. So... I, I just keep him and run him into the ground for a year and then let him go for free. 
Like he's he's going to be good for morale. He's great with the other Brazilians. You know, we kept James Milner as a cheerleader. Bobby deserves the same type of the same type of uh, of treatment. You know, yeah. Uh, but as an eight, no, it's, it, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. It, it's no. not. It's not twenty eighteen anymore. Let's not pretend he's the same player. He, he doesn't have the same legs that he used to have. He doesn't have that same appetite that he used to have. And when he does come on and go full bore into things, he gets hurt. He just gets hurt. It's as simple as that. It's unfortunate, but it's what happens with him. I love Bobby, but right now he's Robert. He has to earn back Roberto and then Bobby. Right now he is Robert. Robert and Brian on the naughty squares. <laughs> you know what I but but just I can't like we said the point is for everybody to listen to this and say you know what's happening I can't see us not doing something so you know maybe don't be so negative about okay. you know, players not coming in it, it, I think I think I think the club have now realized for sure that the, the the midfield they've got, it's just not reliable and not available enough it's not for available. what they want to do, right? And what they also, want to do It's is... also not good enough, Gags. It's not that no, it's, forget it's not... injuries, forget any... If they were all fit all the time, the only good enough three that we have to put out are Naby, Fab and Thiago. That's the only three. They're the only three midfielders who are good enough to start with the rest of this team. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world, the best right-back, the best centre-back, one of the best left-backs, and both Matt and Benibu are top 10 centre-backs in the world. You've got the one of the best, best attacks in the world. The best English centre-back. Best English centre-back as well in, in Joe Gomez, who's at worst he's top six in the league, top seven maybe, but he would start for every other team in Europe, bar City and Bayern, and now Barca because they got Kunde. But he'd start for everybody else. He's in that Real Madrid team. He is a better defender than Antonio Rudiger. And I will not hear otherwise. Rudiger's a fucking head, head, uh, head case. Joe Gomez is a better defender than him. Joe Gomez starts for pretty much every club, bar Bayern, Barca, City and ourselves. That's how good he is. Matip starts for everybody. Kanate starts for everybody. Yeah, Everybody. We've got and the then, best group of centre-backs in the world. The best right-back. We've got the best left-back situation in the game as well. Like, Chelsea spent £115 million or whatever on two left-backs, and the two that we got for £20 million are a better combined pair than theirs. We've got an incredibly good attack. We've got good depth. We've got good options with, you know, with Mo, with Darwin, with... Diaz with Jota, with Bobby, with Carvalho, with Cade Gordon, who I expect to get some minutes in the cup this year. We're sorted up there. We're sorted at the back. Everything's rosy in those two areas. The midfield. The midfield. If it's not even on the same planet as the rest. Thiago is for sure. Fab is for sure. But even me is the biggest Nabi fan going. He's just he's not on the same level as Thiago and Fab. And he gets hurt. Yeah, he just he gets hurt. Been. He could have. He been. could have been if he never had that first injury, the one against Barcelona when Rakitic hacked him down and and should have seen the line. If he hadn't got that injury, we, we'd be having a very different conversation about our midfield. But the point is that three away midfield—they're the only three who are good enough to start for this team. This team, 
Yeah. And they can't be relied on because they're injury prone. So the rest not- simply aren't good enough or aren't ready. So we've I- got to address it. And the thing is, guys, they were going to address it. I don't want to hear like this idea, oh, well, we went for Chuameni, we didn't get him, so Bellingham is the only other midfielder. Well, Bellingham isn't an alternative target to Chuameni. No. The plan was Chuameni now, Bellingham then. Mm. Anyway, we wanted both. 100%. We still want two midfielders. And it makes sense. Now, I would be of the opinion that you'd nearly be better off to sign three midfielders and not sign Bellingham, use the Bellingham money to sign two. So you could get, say, Matthias Nunez, uh, you could get Gavi, so and talk, you could talk get about him again, Nunez, because that's the one that's linked heavily this summer now, or at least coming into this month. There's people on Twitter... I think it was Matt Smith. There was, you know, loads mm, of- Matt Smith said it. Matt Smith said things are starting to move. Yeah, and Matt Smith is- called the Darwin deal. This isn't the one who's in, you know, the the got not show. the guy from not the not Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, he's not <laughs> Doctor Who. It's the other Matt it's Smith, the one, the one that works for LAC. and I think- worked for ITV for ages. That one, right? I think so Justin <laughs> Justin said there was a Matt Smith played shortstop for the Minnesota Twins. Maybe oh, but God, it's not him either. Yeah. No, it's, it's not, not him either. either. No, this guy <laughs> so, works for LF, LFC TV. He's a professional broadcaster. That's what he does. He does not tweet rumors and scuttlebutt. No, he so, tweets when he hears something or he knows something. About Darwin, Darwin. He was also the first person to call Klopp as the new Liverpool manager. Now I know that's seven years ago, but like the the point is, he rarely tweets something about like on this sort of topic. Yeah. So when he does, it's generally worth keeping so an eye on. Is, yeah, he said it on July 22nd. So mm. it's a long time ago. But Nunes then, talk to, talk to us about him. I know you probably talked to him in a lot of pods, but since we're covering midfield options, what about him? What, what, why do you like him so much? Because you mentioned him a lot. And you, when I speak to you, you're always like, I'd rather Nunes anyway. Or I would. Nunes, Nunes, however. So I would why, rather why him. him I would rather him than Frankie, and I would rather him than Gavi. He's a better wow. fit. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me explain why. He's a better fit than Frankie. It's not about talent. It's about fit. He is a more natural fit into our team. He can come in. He can just walk into that right-sided role, and he'll just excel in it. He brings the athleticism, the physicality, and the dynamism that we're, we're lacking sorely. Massive capacity for pressing. One of the best ball-carrying midfielders in Europe. A good passer. Needs to get himself more involved in the build-up at sporting. But it's a, a systemic thing. It's not him not wanting it. It's just how they played. We saw how good Paulinho is at the weekend. Everybody saw how good Paulinho was. When those two played together at sporting, there was no doubt Nunez was the better of the two. Those two were sensational together when Sporting won the league title. But Nunez, what the reason I take him over Gavi is he can impact things more immediately. Gavi is he's still only 18, like he's still a child. And I've said it about Harvey and about Fabio. I just have a hard time putting the faith of our season into the lap of a kid and saying, right, there you go, go and win us the league. Whereas with a grown-ass man like Nunez, who'll be 24 at the end of this month, 
him I'm comfortable doing. So what it is with him that I really like is he hasn't had the easy road. He's come a roundabout way into football. Born in Brazil, moved to Portugal as a youngster, played for his local side up until four years ago. At 20, he was playing for a local team. He wasn't in one of the big academies. He wasn't playing for, you know, a top club. He moved to Estoril for one season. I think he played about eight games and Sporting snapped him up. And he has just been outstanding for the last couple of seasons. Outstanding. He has, he's the type of player that when games start to go against you, he is one of those that goes and gets it back. And we don't have players like that in our midfield. Fab will do it a little bit, but he doesn't have the mobility to do it. Nunez will just go and take the ball off somebody and go, right, it's ours now. And he gives you just that extra drive. Do you remember when, remember 13-14, when Henderson was like the only truly mobile, aggressive player in our midfield? And he would just go and take the ball off players. Like, we'd lose it and Henderson would just go, fuck that, I'm going to get that ball back. And he'd go and he'd just take the ball back and then he'd give it to somebody who could play with it. Mm. Stevie, Phil, Suarez, whoever. Nunez is that, but better. Nunez has a bit of Valverde about him, a bit of Goretzka about him. There's a lot more to him than what he's shown in Sporting's midfield because there's limitations put on him for tactical reasons. You see him play for Portugal, he can be a bit more expansive. I I think Nunez now... right at this moment, is the one to go and get. Because stylistically, he fits. He gives us everything we're missing. Him, dude. He's apparently waiting for us as well. And um, Yeah, and like... He could have gone th- to listen, Wolves, right, said no. Pep, Pep Guardiola is one of the best midfield players that we've seen in the last... I, I hit my mic there if it came through. Pep Guardiola is one of the best midfield players that we've seen in the last 30 years. He's one of the best coaches there's ever been. If he comes out and says, this guy is one of the best players in the world, you might want to listen to him. Like, I know managers pay lip service, but this guy went to the Etihad and ran the show against City while his team crumbled around him. He single-handedly took the game to to, to Manchester City. And that's the thing I like about him. When everyone else starts to struggle, like against Fulham, when things aren't going well, he'll go and win the ball back. He'll leave someone in a heap. He'll pick the ball up off his centre-backs and he'll drive at the opposition. And he'll make something happen. He'll force it to happen. We need that. We don't have anyone in our team who imposes their will drive. in the middle of the park. Drive. Just pick yeah. that ball up and, and carry it. And just, and, go. and just go. And for people that say, oh, well, Liverpool midfielders aren't allowed to do that, that's nonsense. Ginny used to dribble. No, Naby dribbles all the time. Naby dribbles all the time. Now, I know he dribbles less than he did at Leipzig, but... like He still does it. It's he a two-man forward. midfield at Leipzig versus a three-man midfield at Liverpool. So it's a different role. 
Harvey dribbles. He doesn't do anything else. What else does he do? He dribbles, picks the ball up and runs at people. That's what Harvey does. So Curtis dribbles when he plays as the right side at eight. He doesn't even let go of the ball. Nunez is a day one starter. A day one starter. He'll be 24 by, I think, on the 27th or 28th of this month. So he's a man ready to play now. Gavi is an 18-year-old. And I feel like if Gavi arrived in, as as even though Gavi is is the one, like if you're giving me a choice between Gavi and Bellingham, I'd take Gavi. I think wow. he's more talented. I think he's got a higher ceiling. And I think he's the better player right now. And I think Jude's great, but I think Gavi is on a different is, is just a little bit better and has a little bit more a little bit more to his game than Jude does. Gavi is the one you buy for the ceiling. Gavi is the one I'd ideally like to be brought in and stashed behind Thiago and just say to Thiago, right, you've got two years left on your deal. We're going to tack another year on because we want you to stay. For the next 18 months, you're the starter. We want you to teach this kid. And then the following 18 months, you'll be his backup. And we'll bring you in for big games. We feel you need, we need you, but that's what we want. We want you and you. And in, in that scenario, you've got those two as your left sided eights. You could move Nabi permanently to the right sided eight and have Nabi and Nunez as the right sided options. Um, Fabinho and Henderson as the, the six options. And then, you know, loan Curtis out, develop Harvey wherever you want to develop him, but not under the gaze of, you know, all the pressure. He's only a kid, remember? He's 19. I would rather buy Nunez and Gavi and not get Jude, because it would also leave us the money to go and buy, say, Danilo from Palmeiras to bring in as the long-term Fabinho successor, or Quadio Cone as the long-term Fabinho successor, or if he hadn't signed for the shite across the park, Amadou Onana would have been great. But I'd rather buy Nunez now because he will impact us straight away. Gavi, I just think Klopp would hide behind his age. I just think Klopp would go, in big games, he'd still play players that don't deserve to play. But one and the same his, with he, he would, then. I, I, I think the same. I think if he signed Jude and we played a Champions League final, I think he'd start Henderson and he would, whether he believes it or not, he would go with the logic of Bellingham's only a kid, Henderson's more experienced. Even though we've seen Henderson in three European Cup finals and none of them have been good. Yeah, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to see what happens there. But Dave, I'm all out of time. So the last option obviously is Jude. But as we yeah. know, we've spoke about we've spoke about him a lot. And also it doesn't look like Dortmund will let him go this year. No, it doesn't. And and it does point, everything, all the rumours, everything is pointing to a 2023 deal for whoever gets him. Hopefully that's us, you know, because apparently there's been a lot of work from um, Mr. Ward on that that deal. Fingers crossed that does happen and that is announced. How beautiful would it be that we announce a midfielder, just say we get Nunesh, and at the same time we do a pre-deal for for Bellingham. Mm. Wouldn't that be the most perfect ending to this? Transfer it would. Oh, it'd be perfect. Like even, like even, even if it was just Gavi, if it was Gavi and Jude, like 
Oh. For the long term, that's incredible. Like it, it just helps us a little bit less straight away. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would. It'd be incredible. I, I do believe that if we don't get a deal done for Jude, kind of pre World Cup, I don't think we'll get him because if he has another really good season for Dortmund and he goes to the World Cup and he does really well. I just think the price will get beyond where we can go because Real have already made it clear that they want him. Uh, City have been heavily linked. You know that Chelsea will be interested. You know that United, as much of a mess as they are, can just afford to pay fees that we can't pay. Now, I think Jude is quite a sensible lad. and I think he'd look at United and think, well, I don't want any part of that. Well, he's not going United. No. But realistically... We don't have, we don't have any real advantage over City or Real. Like, there's nothing you can look at. We're, we're, I think we're a better team than Real, but then they're Real Madrid. It's the same thing as that's Barcelona. The only thing is, is nothing. Yeah, it's not. It's not even that. I think he's from what you hear. From what you hear, is that he's spoken to the club. Mm. I think he's good mates with Hendo and Trent. And I think he idolized Stevie. So that, that you know, that yeah. role that but, role at the club, I think maybe there's something there where you go, looking at how Liverpool are now, how many Champions League finals they play with whilst this manager's there, it kind of becomes, I want to do that. I want, it it, I, think, I think the words, what he said, I want it to mean something. I, want, I don't want well. to go and play for someone you're just going to win everything. Well, if you're just buying the league, what the fuck's the point? But yeah, but it, at the end of the day, guys, like if he looks at if he looks at it long term, right, long term, because he'll be he'll be twenty, and if he looks at it and thinks this is the next ten to twelve years of my life, that's what I have to factor in here. Mm. Do I want to go to Liverpool or do I want to go to City? Let's let's just say that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola resign on the same day and walk away. Mm. Which club do you trust more to maintain a level of success? Also City. I think it has to be City. Because they'll always be willing to spend. Oh, they will be, but they... they and and they, they're also very well run. Like I know we're we we love how well run we are and the structure we have, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This is Cheeky Bagerstein, the guy mm. who really built La Masia into the monster that it is, into that Pep Guardiola team back at the end of the the noughties. This is the real architect of that. He's still there. And this is yeah. all the money in the world. And that's a club who will go and attract the next great manager who will go and pay for that, who will pay a buyout or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know that we would do that. I don't know that we wouldn't do something silly. I think like a point Gerard four, five years rather than the 10. I think that's what they do. And I think he'll look at. I don't know there. with him. And Pep, I don't know Pep's, with him. I think he well, takes a really talks, long lens look at things. No, you, I, you, that's what you, I mean. I think he looks at his whole career, and I don't think he wants to be the type of player that plays for 
four or five clubs. No. I get the feeling that his next club is his club. It, it'll be that club till he's 31, 32, and he'll go back to Birmingham and he'll finish out his days there. That's the feeling I get when I hear Jude speak, is that whenever he, wherever he goes next, that's where he wants to go and make it his club and be there for 10 or 12 years and then just go back and finish out at Birmingham yeah, where it all I mean, started. So I do think he'll take a longer-term approach on, on how he picks his next club. But look, it, at the end of the day, if we're willing to pay $90 million and they're willing to pay $130 million, we're not getting them. We're not getting them. Understood. Because but, uh, personally, from what you see of him, I think we're favourites. I'll just leave it at that. I, I would say we that. probably are right now. But things change drastically if Bernardo they Silva do. leaves Man City. They do, they do, they do, indeed, they do. Everything changes all the time. All the time. All the time. But, fingers crossed, fingers crossed people, keep praying, <laughs> hopefully we get something like that done where we get a midfielder in and then we sign one for next year. That's the, that's the hope. Um, but, I've just watched some um, Matthew Nunes um, highlights from the weekend and I just... <laughs> want him and shouldn't be really over one game but fuck me he is but that's every game oh wow he is he is a ball what a butler butler, man who was the real difference between the teams in the champions league final it was fede valverde yeah we didn't have anyone that could deal with fede valverde he just ran and ran and ran and ran and no one got close to him new is a mendes client as well yeah yeah and we've got that's a good it, relationship it. with him. It's, it's pretty much done, I could say. And, and as been pointed out above, if it is a case that, you know, Julian Moore just happened to, you know, catch a flight to Barcelona, was there, he may well have been there to speak to George Mendes, who spends a lot of time in Barcelona. Ooh. Now so it doesn't necessarily have to have been a Barcelona client. Yeah, of course. Or a Barcelona player. It could have just been that, you know, that's where George Mendes was. And... Um, he went to meet George Mendes because we know we have a good relationship with George Mendes. He is Fabinho's agent. He helped us get the Diogo Jota deal done in record time. He has an affinity for the club. He also helped us get the Darwin Nunes deal done. Like it was him that told United lads, you're wasting your time. He doesn't want to go to you. Walk away now and save yourself the embarrassment. And by them doing that and, and scuttling off to look at Mark Ornautovic or Adrian Rabio or whoever the fuck they're going to sign next, we could then turn around to Benfica and say, well, like, who else is buying them? So, you know, you'll, you'll take this or you'll get nothing because he's going to be really unhappy. And they have to take what we offered. Absolutely. Fingers crossed one comes in. That's what we're all saying. Fingers crossed. And I know... We've we've put at the, if you have if you know you listen to the whole pod we've put why we think we need one you know very clearly with clarity quality options squad what's going to happen especially with injuries and regular injuries you need options guys if you want to yeah. do what you did last season you need options and what we loved last season was being you know of you know being active throughout the whole season always the last game we could have won something that's what you want every year not one yeah. year. You want it no, every you want year, to, and you have, look, to, you have to keep changing this your club. club exists to win league titles and European Cups. Yeah, for sure. That's what the, 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 the two greatest managers this club ever had made it known 
that anything else was unacceptable for this club. You win the league or you win the European Cup or else it's a failed season. Bill Shankly said it. If you're second, you're nowhere. What did Bob Paisley say? I was here through the bad times as well. We finished second one year. Like, that was the mindset that they had. And I get that last season, we had a really good season. We won two cups. That was tremendous. Now, Jürgen can come out and say, oh, I, I, I forgot about the European Cup final the day after. That's fine. That's him. Me, I'm still not over it. I'm still not over Athens, let alone fucking Paris or Kiev. I'm not over Athens yet. So, you know, losing a Champions League final, we, we shouldn't celebrate it. It should be a horrifying thing that we don't ever want to happen again. And the same thing with finishing second in the league by a point. Well, by a point plus goal difference. Like, we shouldn't just say, well, great achievement. Because they don't give you a medal that says great achievement on the back. You get nothing. You get a shake in the hand and a pat in the arse and you try better next year. So we have to try better this season. And if that means binning off the domestic cups, that's fine. Uh, just one thing, there is a, a, a debate going on back and forth on the Discord. Uh, James and Nizami, I, I, I think I, I missed what was actually being said when I said that the reason Thiago left Barca uh, was because of the others. Uh, Gavi is in the exact same position now. Where Gavi is looking at this and thinking, well, if Bernardo comes in, it's Bernardo, it's Pedri, it's KDB, it's Kessie, who they've just brought in and given big money to. So I'm probably the fifth midfielder, potentially sixth if Frankie de Jong doesn't leave, or, you know, the fourth anyway if he stays and Bernardo doesn't arrive. So he's looking at that and thinking, well, I'm not getting in the team. I, I am the fifth midfielder. No matter what, with, with Frankie or without Frankie and with Bernardo, I'm the fifth midfielder. I'm far too good to be the fifth midfielder. I'm going to go somewhere else. That is what will motivate him to go. And as pointed out, sorry, I, I, I'm not going to go scroll back to Somebody said it. It would be a dereliction of duty for his agent not to be on the phone to Liverpool and say, is your interest in my client real? Because if it is, let's get him out of this club. And into your club. Because it's in his best interest. Look, he's 18. He could join us for six years. And then go back there. It's not waving goodbye to Barcelona. It's just a bit of a see you later. If Thiago wants to go back to Barcelona in two years. All he has to do is make a phone call. And they'll take him back. They would have taken him back when we signed him. They tried to re-sign him four or five times while he was at Bayern. Barca will have him back. They had Cesc back, they brought back Jordi Alba, they brought back PK, they bring them back all the time. If Gavi joins us this season, or this summer, it doesn't end his Barca career. He can always go back. And he, we, again, we could have him for six or seven years, he'd only be 24, 25. Do you know, he's got his whole career ahead of him. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. I do have to run now, folks. But uh, once again, thanks to Dave for his time. Thank you all as well for listening. We'll try and be back very soon. We we still have actually um, one game a week for a few weeks, so we could probably do that, Dave. I'm away Monday, Tuesday next week, but back on Wednesday, so maybe late next week we can try to do something because, again, yeah. we're playing on a Monday. 
So yeah. uh, we're playing two Mondays in a row now, so there will be needs for some content, and maybe something crazy happens in between, so fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, please do keep listening to the content. Um, please be good to everybody out there as well, folks. And um, yeah, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.